Welcome back, everyone. You are joining us for another episode of Looking Up with Sharissa Tarosian and Pastor Danny Milenkov. Welcome back, Danny. Thank you, Sharissa. Great <laughs> to be back here on this spectacular cloudy day. I love asking you about that because every Wednesday is a different day, but it's, <laughs> but it's spe- always a good day. It's either a spectacular cloudy day or a spectacular rainy day or a delicious yeah, whatever that's right. day. That's right. We're so glad that you're joining us because this is a program where we like to remember that even though fear looks around, regret looks back, faith always looks up. Amen. And uh, if you're listening and joining us and you'd like to interact with this program, either through questions or maybe you'd like to be in on the free offer, or even if you have a prayer request, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us on the number for this station, 1-800-324-843, or you can text us on 0491-064-669. And of course, this is calling 1-800-FAITH-FM. Well, uh, how's your weekend been? Oh, it's been a blessed week. Uh, the Lord has been good, as He is every week, and it hasn't been anything um, out of the ordinary, but I know that you have had a fantastic <laughs> weekend, so I really want to hear about that, and I'm sure the listeners do. Yeah, well, thank you for asking. <laughs> yeah, we had a, an amazing weekend. I think last weekend we advertised it, or told everybody, or maybe it was a couple of weeks ago, we were going to have a prayer camp this past weekend, and that happened at Stewart's Point and the convention center there, and oh, it was an amazing weekend. I counted 187 people on Saturday morning. I think there was more than that. So we'll just round it up. There was probably 200 people there and the music was incredible. We were blessed with music from Sandra Enterman. Who's mm, a, I love her singing. Yeah, yeah. Queensland-based musician mm. and singer. She came with her brother um, and we just had wonderful messages from the Word of God. Um, and it was all based on the book of Daniel. Wow. And it was very interesting because prayer features so much in mm. this book that we're studying with. And it's exciting that our listeners are joining us in our studies because we're actually stepping through this book together. So, yeah, it was a real blessing. And you know what? The, it poured rain the whole weekend. I think it's been the wettest <laughs> weekend I've experienced so far this year. And, um, you know, even though the rain poured and I thought I might have to swim back to my tent. And when I assessed the damage the water had done in the tent, I was ha- happy I could lie down and sleep. But then my husband and I lay down on our air mattress and it started to sink. Oh. <laughs> so the mattress had a leak. And, and, uh, a water mattress. Yeah, it all added to the experience of the weekend. <laughs> so God is good. Yeah, praise but, the uh, Lord for that. Yeah, we'll have to share more in mm. a moment. It's already time for our first break. But we invite you to enjoy this next song actually by Sandra Enterman. It's called oh, wow. Faithful Men. And uh, as we were blessed on the weekend, I know our listeners will be blessed by her music as well. Amen.
And that was Sandra Entman bringing to us another beautiful song. Well, Pastor Danny, I, I got to, I had to cut my testimony short of the weekend, mm. but you know, just going back to the importance of prayer and, um, oh, and uh, yeah, so that might be, you can hear me better now. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> just had to adjust my mic. But um, yeah, just going back to the importance of prayer in the book of Daniel, and we were reminded, Dr. Erika Puni from Avondale College, he's one of the lecturers that we have there. He reminded us that Daniel chapter two, that foundational chapter of Bible mm. prophecy where Nebuchadnezzar has a dream and he saw this metallic image. You know, it's not all about the dream. It's actually all about God. It's a revelation of God. And uh, in the prayer that Daniel prays in those verses, uh, in answer to prayer, God God revealed the dream that he had given to the king, to Daniel. But Daniel just prays the most beautiful prayer. And in his prayer, he reminds us that God is all-knowing. God is all-powerful. He is the creator. He is sovereign. He gives life and gifts. He reveals the future. He is light. He is the God of families, and He's the God of history, and He answers prayer. Wow. Um, Dr. Puni brought all of those 10 points out just from the, the prayer of Daniel chapter 2, verses 20 to 23, and it was just such a reminder, you know, as we live in a world where the news is always, well, it's not much good news, is it, these no. days? But it's so good to be reminded who God is mm. and that He is still in control. He is sovereign over all, and we can put our trust and faith in Him. Mm, amen. I think that's a really good point. And all the way from the very beginning of the Bible, we find that God is in control. Amen. At the beginning of time, God is creating. Mm-hmm. Um, in the book of Daniel, you know, the Bible says God gave the king of Judah into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar and God allowed this and God gave this. And then the last book of the Revel- you know, the last book of the Bible, Revelation, God says through through his son Jesus Christ, I'm Everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I'm in control, even though things are out of control. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Amen. You know, hold on, hold on to me, and I will see you through to the end. And and that is just such good news, Sharissa, to know that in the midst of the uncertainty that we live in, the anxiety, the you know, the the confusion, the the questions, the angst. We could go on and on with many more adjectives. Mm-hmm. That God is in control, and if our lives are in His hands. It matters not what the you know what today or tomorrow brings. We know that if we're in His hands, He will see us through to the other end. Amen. We just keep looking up, Absolutely. looking up to Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was. I just wanted to add that. That's um, a powerful thought. Report. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, what else has been happening in the news? We often like to to debrief that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe maybe before that, um, yeah. yeah. Just a reminder in case you have just joined us. If you would like to yes. be prayed for, if you've got a prayer request, please give us a call. We gave out those numbers earlier: one eight hundred three two four eight four three or o four nine one o six four double six nine. You can text us your prayer request, and we're happy to pray for it. On air, um, if you want your name to remain anonymous, that's fine as well. We can do that, but we'll certainly, you know, remember you in our prayers. So, so do that. Um, what has been happening in the news? I guess, as you pointed <laughs> out, there's a lot happening in the news, and I think this, I guess, probably the big story here in Australia, at least this year, is is the rollout of um, the COVID vaccine. Mm. Uh, beginning with our own Prime Minister, who's leading the charge, I understand. I didn't see it, but I understand he he had the vaccine administered to him on Sunday. Uh-huh. Uh, I haven't watched the news much since Good on you, camp, good on you. So you're on a bit of a, so a media me 
media fast, that. media fast. Yeah, I had a media <laughs> fast. When was the last week of the week before? <laughs> yeah, that's where right. people had to tap me on the shoulder to tell me what was happening. <laughs> it was actually really good for a whole week, you yeah, know, yeah. to be news free. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> anyway, um, so I guess, yeah, there's, um, you know, we're not going to get into the debate um, here on this program regarding, you know, the 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 health um of of having it or not having it and so forth people can you know people can make their own choices and so forth based on the information that they're receiving and there's plenty of information today um uh, online and um and and just you know on our news but i think the the important thing that we want to look at which is from a prophetic point of view we want to ask the question sorry we want to answer the question that many are asking like in spiritual circles in in christian circles i should say is this covid vaccine um linked with or is it possibly you know what the bible speaks of in revelation regarding the mark of the beast oh yeah that's a hot topic that's isn't a it? hot topic because that's right at the end of time yeah and so uh, i've had i've had individuals ask me that i've got family members that have asked me that question and so in case you also want to know the answer to that question because there's a lot of stuff circulating online in particular and even ministers um, apparently uh, are linking the COVID-19 vaccine to either the mark of the beast or this is this is the you know this is the step toward it the next step is that so we want to look at what that is from a biblical point of view so um, not next week but the week after we are going to take a look at what the bible has to say about the seal of god and the mark of the beast these are two opposites that will be given administered mm. um, if i could use that language at the end of time that will divide the world into two camps, the saved and the lost at the very end of time. Well, that's going to be a program to look forward to. Yeah. So two so weeks time, Wednesday. Two weeks time, Wednesday. Wow. So make sure you're, you don't miss that. Yep. So next week we're looking at Daniel 6. This week it's Daniel 5. And uh, yeah, that will be very insightful. So next week we're going to lay a foundation because Daniel 6 is extremely important. We've looked at Daniel 3. These two chapters are extremely important mm. to understanding what the Bible has to say about the mark of the beast and the seal of God. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. Yeah. Uh, I know some of my family members have already received the, the vaccine. Wow. I got a text from one of them this morning telling me that. So How was, how, how was this family member feeling? <laughs> how is she or he? <laughs> she or he or it? <laughs> uh, they're doing fine. They're doing fine. Yeah, they said it hurt, but that's all. Yeah. They're fine. So, yeah. Uh, well, I guess different people will have different reactions. <laughs> that's um, right. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's so, it's going to be interesting to see how, how things play out. Yeah. yeah. What else is happening? What else is happening? Well, um, we, we talked a couple of weeks ago and possibly last week, I can't remember now, but in South Australia, they were um, debating legislation there regarding um, uh, expanding the abortion laws that they already have in the state. And uh, just uh, this past week, I understand that the abortion law was passed. So it's very much um, uh, opened up more so uh, as far as what is permitted when it comes to abortion there in South Australia. So now um, with, uh, with stipulations, um, an abortion can happen all the way up until birth. Mm, so, wow. yeah, there were some amendments that were made. Um, I thank God for those. I uh, don't have time to go through what those amendments are, but people can look 
them up online and they can find out for themselves so yeah we're living in interesting times and it's interesting i'm going to be actually doing a sermon on on some of the things that are happening um, around us in particular in australia and how things are changing rapidly and uh, the eradication and um the you know the turning our backs on god's law and in particular that second half of the Ten Commandments, mm. uh, which deals with how do we relate to one another. Yes. And so marriage in the family, you know, um, life itself, um, and some of these some of these precious um, principles in the second half of the Ten Commandments are very much in the spotlight and they are being eroded. I wish we could hear that. You might have to give us a bit of a snippet. <laughs> might have to give, or people can just... Go um, well. I, I mean, our our services. I'm I'm the church minister at Hillview Seventh Day Adventist Church. So if they want to go online, yeah. um, or they want to come to church, they're more than welcome to. We're there in Morissette. You can find us um, online. You can come, be there. I'd love to meet you. That would be great. So just feel free to come to the Hillview Seventh Day Adventist Church this Saturday morning at eleven a.m. Yeah, where I'll be sharing. Or if you're not able to, you can um, catch us on uh, the live stream. The live stream. Great. Hillview streaming. Go to YouTube, Hillview streaming, and we'll be there at 11 o'clock. Sounds great. So you heard that invitation, folks. Oh, Take him up welcome. on it. And I won't even charge you. You oh, won't be charged. It's free. Free, free. <laughs> even better. Yes. So, oh, yeah, look. As you said, we live in interesting times and I was just thinking as you were talking about these these laws that are coming into our country which are just Shocking on many levels, but at the same time, this is a time to be a Daniel. Mm. This is a time to dare to be a Daniel, dare to stand alone, dare to to live for Jesus and live for him alone. Mm. Is that a song by I any just, yeah. <laughs> Well, that is good lyrics for a song. It is a song. It is a song. <laughs> dare to be a Daniel. I'll go for it. Dare to stand alone, dare to have a... Holy purpose, is it? Purpose. Firm dare to make it known. Uh, <laughs> Thanks to the producer who helped us with the go words Go, Shell, go, Shell. And we are so appreciative of Shell. She is right on the money. She is, she is. She continues to keep me on track. <laughs> Praise the Lord for that. Amen. So, um, yeah, no, we're, we're, we're living in a time where I believe that uh, the things of God that have been given to us for our benefit as a society uh, are slowly but surely, well, not so slowly, um, very, very quickly being eradicated and eroded. And this, I believe, will lead to that final worship war. So I just, yeah, I I see it all going and it's it's phenomenal. It, It is phenomenal. And it's actually kind of exciting too, because as the world gets darker, you know, and more and more hopeless as you look around, the, the hope that we have in Jesus is getting brighter. Absolutely. And truth shines more brightly and it's, it's an exciting time to be alive. An exciting time to be alive and that's why we call the show Look Up. Oh, yeah. Um, sure is, sir. Based on Luke 21, 28. Luke 21, 28, where Jesus is in the context of speaking of the second coming and what will transpire immediately before Jesus comes. Many of the things that we are seeing as far as, you know, men's hearts failing them from fear for the things that are coming upon the world. Jesus says in Luke 21, 21, and when you see all these things come to pass, look up because your redemption is drawing near. So 
as you as you pointed out at the beginning of the program, you know, we need to keep looking up, mm. keep looking up. It's not just a, a cool tagline for our for our radio program, but this is the message of the hour. Look up as we see Jesus coming, drawing near. And maybe this is a good point in our show just to, to invite our listeners. If there's someone here who's listening and you, you're listening to what we're saying and you, you say, oh, I don't know. I don't know Jesus. I don't know what the mm. Bible says. Then this would be a great opportunity for you to to reach out and contact us, so that Amen. we can put you in touch with somebody who could um, provide for you the resources that you need, so you can read and and you can uh, learn more about God's word and know who Jesus is. So you can. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, and thanks for that invite, Sharissa. Uh, we have Bible workers, trained Bible workers, who have dedicated and devoted their lives. Uh, for a period, some a lifetime, to studying the Bible with individuals, so they can do that with you online or or in person. Sorry. You know, they're they're more than happy to do it in person. And so, please give us a call on our numbers. Send us a message. Just say, look, I'm keen. I'm interested in learning more about Jesus through the Bible and preparing. For the coming of Jesus. Say, I want to be ready for the coming of Jesus. That's all you got to put in your text. Yep. And we will get in touch with you. And if you're interested in uh, finding out a little more on some of the other things we've spoken about on Faith FM, on looking up, feel free to go to uh, the website, the Faith FM website, and go to our podcasts section there, looking up, and you'll be able to yeah, download or listen to um, all the previous podcasts. So that's faithfm.com.au, faithfm.com.au. Thank you, Pastor Danny. Is there any other news you wanted to highlight? Well, there is just one other thing. Um, this one uh, concerns us here in New South Wales. Uh, we have Mark Latham, who is uh, he's a politician and he's one of the parliamentarians here in New South Wales. And he has drafted up what is called the Parental Rights Bill, the Parental Rights Bill. And this bill is designed to give parents um, the, the God-given uh, authority that he has given them to bring up their children. If I could just um, maybe make note of a couple of points here in this bill, and that is um, giving primacy to parents to determine the moral and religious education of their children. That's one point. The requirement that government schools and teachers inform and consult with parents on classroom content that covers topics of parental primacy. And, uh, and another one, parents should be able to withdraw their child from a class if a class lesson is inconsistent with the parents' or family's morals, views, values, or beliefs. So this is um, legislation that will be put forward as a private member's bill by Mark Lathan to the New South Wales Parliament. So we need to be praying about this. Um, you can go online and um, maybe find out a little more, speak to your MP, write a letter. Uh, this is seeking to move the compass in the right direction from a biblical point of view. Praise the Lord. That's good news. That That, is good news. So we finished off on a good news (laughs) note. It's nice to have some good news. It is, it is. (laughs) Well, um, look, I'm looking forward to our Bible study that we're about to begin. And it's going to begin in just a moment. We're going to have a song and then the news break. And then we'll be back as we start to step through Daniel chapter 5. It's an epic chapter in uh, in the Bible. So if you have a Bible, grab it and have it ready. We'll be back with that study just after this next song. Train up a child in the way that he should go 
When he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child in the path that she should take. And when she is old, she will not forsake it. Try to live the kind. You'd have your children lead, living, loving, laughing every day. Taking Jesus as your guide in all you do and say. Let Him gently lead you all the way. Train up a child in the way that he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child in the path that she should take. And when she is old. Let your voice be filled with loving. Let your face be bright. Let your touch be warming as the sun. Show your love, don't hide it ever. Let it be like rain, freshening a heaven. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child in the path that she should take, and when she is old. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hey there, dudes and dudettes. This is Robbie. And I'm Tash from Real Faith. If you'd like to have a more vibrant walk with God, then come join us from 3.30 to 5.30 every Thursday hour to hear fresh stories of God working in real people's lives. Digging deep into the scriptures and having a fun time. We'll, we'll see, see you there. If it's true that you know what I'm 
is always good and you were listening to Andrew Peterson sing that song. Well, welcome back to Looking Up and we're beginning our Bible study now together. We're up to Daniel chapter 5 and uh, yeah, I'm excited about this study. So let's open with prayer, shall we? Amen. Pastor Danny, would you open for us? Love to. Thank you, Sharissa. Father in heaven, we want to thank you again for the privilege of opening your word and wherever um, we may be listening from right now, whether it be today, live, this afternoon, or at some other time, we pray that your Holy Spirit will speak to us as you open your word, open our hearts and our minds that we may be ready to receive this beautiful message of love from you is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So maybe we should just quickly recap where Mm, we've been. Good idea. So Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1, we have um, Daniel and his friends being taken from Jerusalem to Babylon. And uh, the big test there is over food and drink, which is interesting because that comes up in this chapter. And uh, they make a stand for God right at the very beginning. Um, They're only about 17 years old when they're marched from Jerusalem to Babylon. And uh, the key text there is really Daniel 1 verse 8 where they purpose in their hearts that they will not defile themselves. And so they made a stand. Um, Daniel 2, did you want to? Yeah, so Daniel chapter 2, the king of Babylon has a dream. He wakes up, he can't remember what it was, but he knows it was something significant. He asks for all the wise men and the intellectual elite of Babylon to help him and to tell him what he dreamed and none of them say we can't do that unless you tell us what you dream we can't tell you what it means and so he was going to have them all killed and someone knocks on the door of Daniel and his friends and they came to kill them too because that was a decree and Daniel asks what's going on they explain the situation and Daniel asks the king for time he prays he and his friends pray and God reveals this dream to him in a night vision the Bible says uh, he goes in before the king and explains everything that God had shared with him in the dream and he tells him the interpretation how he had seen this metal image outlining the history of empires in the world for the last 2,500 years right down to our time today even and um, and beyond and beyond that's right um, it points right forward to the coming of the kingdom of God when Jesus comes but uh, Nebuchadnezzar acknowledges then that there is no God but Daniel's God mm, Amen On the heels of that comes Daniel chapter 3. Yeah, Daniel 3 is the next chapter. And there we find uh, that King Nebuchadnezzar has been doing some thinking after having that dream. And he decides to build an image, to erect an image uh, 30 meters high. And it's made of gold. Now, we don't know if it was um, you know, solid gold or whether it was uh, layered with gold, most probably layered with gold, but we don't know. The Bible doesn't say. Anyway, he commands all of the who's who um, in his kingdom in his empire to bow down before this golden image. So uh, the message was the head of gold in Daniel chapter 2 that represents Babylon, uh, it's not just going to be the head of gold, a little bit like what 
Adolf Hitler had in mind uh, as he went about um, World War II. He wanted Germany to rule for a thousand years. You know, it was known as the 1,000 year Reich. Um, King Nebuchadnezzar also believed that his kingdom would rule and reign forever. Mm -hmm. That's why the image that he erected, not the one that God gave him in a dream, was made purely of gold. And so he, he, yeah, he commands that all must bow down when they hear the music or else uh, the fiery furnace awaits and we have Daniel's three friends. Daniel wasn't there at the time. We don't exactly know where Daniel was, but he certainly wasn't there on the plain of Jura. And uh, Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, that's their, um, that's their Babylonian names. I think they're Hananiah, Azariah and Mishael is their Hebrew names. And so they, uh, they stood tall because they'd made a decision in Daniel mm-hmm. chapter 1, not to defile themselves and they were not going to defile themselves. So they stood tall. They were thrown in the fiery furnace and lo and behold, the king looks into the fiery furnace. Not only are they alive and well and walking in the midst of this fiery furnace that has been heated seven times hotter that that um, kills the guards that put these three young men into the fiery furnace, but King Nebuchadnezzar discovers there's a fourth Mm. and he says, one like the son of God. And once again, as you shared earlier, King Nebuchadnezzar comes to the conclusion that there is only one true God in heaven and he actually decrees that everyone, uh, well, anyone who speaks... who speaks in a in a negative way uh, towards this God of heaven is going to be wiped out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that was Daniel chapter three. Once again, the king um, yeah comes to the conclusion that God is in control and He is the true God. But <laughs> so he keeps coming to this conclusion. It does. But <laughs> chapter four comes, and in chapter four he he writes a letter. It's a it's a letter mm. written by Nebuchadnezzar in the Bible. Pretty amazing. And uh, in his letter he tells how he had a dream. And again in this dream he saw a tree and and uh, the tree was cut down and he didn't understand what it meant. And so the Bible then tells us that Daniel came in before the king and he told the king what it meant, that that tree was like a picture of himself and how his pride had reached to heaven and he, there was still time for him to repent if he would humble himself and, and surrender himself to the God of heaven. But uh, what happened right after that is, you know, classic verse 28 of and 29 tells us that he's walking through his palace one day and he says is not this great babylon that i have built and then right after that the prophecy that god already said would happen happens he becomes a wild man basically mm. he goes mad for a period of seven years just like um, the pro- the dream said would happen and at the end of that time he's humbled And he comes to his senses and he acknowledges this time for real and for final that there is a God in heaven. He's the God of gods and he is the one worthy of worship. Yeah, that's right. So, um, so we have God, um, yeah, continually. And I think, I think those, those four chapters are a wonderful illustration of how God doesn't give up on anyone. Yes. And God is desperate to save everyone and anyone who is willing to be saved. And um, like someone once said, you know, God is, you know, he's the ultimate hound of heaven. Mm. You know, he, he seeks to win the hearts of, of, of all. And so he, he leaves 
you know, he leaves no stone unturned. And that's the story of King Nebuchadnezzar. And finally, in the end, God, obviously, he gives every single person the freedom to choose. And Nebuchadnezzar had the freedom to choose. And, you know, he could have, he could have walked away even after that experience. He could have still walked away, but he chose to, to recommit his life to, to God and to give him his heart. And so I'm looking forward to seeing King Nebuchadnezzar in the kingdom. Amen. That's going to be a, I actually really want to meet him too. Yeah, that's going to be if, wonderful. If there's hope for Nebuchadnezzar, there's hope for us all. There's hope for anyone. Absolutely. Anyone who puts their trust in God, he will save them. That's exactly right. And in case you want to hear the full version of any one of those four chapters, as I shared earlier, go to our podcast section there on Faith FM and uh, go to Looking Up and you'll be able to find them there so you can get the full version. All right. So let's begin. Daniel chapter 5 and um, verse one. Just start with verse one, just to get some. And you'll details. be doing the reading, Sharissa. Let's have a vote out there with our listeners. Who wants Sharissa <laughs> to read? Um, put up your hand. Oh, it's a fraudulent hands, vote. The, it's a fraudulent all, vote. <laughs> no, it's not a stolen. It's not a stolen election. This is the real deal. The machines work. Um, right, the Faith right, FM right. machines work. So Sharissa, she she's got a lovely reading voice. So. Isn't that right, Shell? What do you think? Fantastic. Yep, Shell. Shell is putting all her hands and feet up so <laughs> so we have the vote certified and Thanks, we are folks. ready to go <laughs> all right daniel chapter 5 verse 1 belshazzar the king made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in the presence of the thousand and i just thought it'd be good for us to set the table just a little bit here who is belshazzar mm. well according to what i could find the babylonian family tree there was nabapalassar yeah then he has a son called Nebuchadnezzar. That's correct. Nebuchadnezzar has a daughter who's married to Nabonidus. Yes, correct. And they have a son. Yes. Called Belshazzar. Correct. Okay, so this is how Bel- this is who he is. So basically, Belshazzar is the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar. Okay, and the year that this is happening is five thirty nine BC. Mm-hmm. We'll know just why that is the case in a few moments, which means that this guy Belshazzar was about thirty six years old, mm-hmm. and we can expect actually at this time, if you look at all the timelines, Daniel is in his eighties. Yeah, at this time. Yeah. All right. So it's now- almost seventy years from when Daniel was taken captive. In Jerusalem, because he was taken captive in Jerusalem 605 BC. So if you go true, true. from 605 to 539 BC, yeah, you're almost at that 70 years. So just a few shy, I think, I guess about four years shy. Okay, really good. So we'll keep reading. While he tasted the wine, Belshazzar gave the command to bring the gold and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple which had been in Jerusalem, that the king and his lords, his wives, and his concubines might drink from them. Then they brought the gold vessels that had been taken from the temple of the house of God, which had been in Jerusalem, and the king and his lords, his wives, and his concubines drank from them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and silver, bronze and iron, wood and stone. Wow. Yeah. What do you want to say? I want to say (laughs) that... um Right at the outset here, as I was reading that um, story again today in preparation for the program, I'm like, this spells trouble, Mr. Belshazzar. This spells (laughs) trouble. When you are deliberately um, looking to, you know, put your fist 
in the face of God and defy him, you know, to his face in this very outward um, and very obnoxious and arrogant way, you're looking for trouble. You are looking for trouble because, um, and, and we know that trouble does come. And the reason, I'm not sure what you want to sort of share, but one of the things that comes through here is that he seeks to defy the God of heaven, uh, the God of the Hebrews, the God of Daniel that has been shown mighty and powerful by taking... Over and over and over again. Exactly. So he, he takes these vessels, these holy vessels from the, you know, from, from his temple, but these holy vessels that were originally in the Jerusalem temple that are sacred, that have been dedicated for holy use in the worship of God, he takes them and he, and he celebrates um, with all of his, with all of his um, entourage that are there, a thousand of his lords and, and who knows how many others, um, in his drunken party, he celebrates the gods of Babylon. And so he's mixing the holy with the unholy. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, this spells trouble every time we do this. And we have this in the book of Revelation, which we'll go to maybe right towards the end there as we do a bit of comparison. But Yeah, know. and I think it's interesting too that as he does, does this defiant act and, you know, taking the holy things and, and what do you call it, defaming or no, no, something? Defiling. Like, yeah, defiling them, <laughs> profaning them. Yeah. Um, at this time, their consciences were at half-mast Mm. Because they're all drunk. Drunk, yep. And so uh, there's so many lessons we can take from this. But when consciences are at half-mast, the devil takes he takes his opportunity and he comes in and, and he'll do damage. And at this very moment, like they didn't realize this, there's a big party going on in Babylon, but the city's surrounded mm. by an, an approaching enemy army that's going to come and take them over. That's right. And um, and talk about defilement, um, so defying the God of heaven. It's interesting that it mentions, it mentions, you know, they drank wine and praised the gods of gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Where do we find those metals? All in Daniel chapter two. All in Daniel chapter two. So it's so it's almost as if the king and and his entourage are making fun of this dream that God gave to his True. grandfather of the history that that would follow. They're like, hey, Babylon, no one's going to conquer us. We know who's on the outside, but pa, we are fine and dandy. Uh, the God of heaven, you know, the one that supposedly gave all these different medals, we're going to we're going to show him. And so it's almost, def- you know, I, I don't know what I was going that. through his head, but um, it seems to me that he's mocking God, because it mentions those um, metals, and they are all there in Daniel chapter 2, except for the wood. We don't have the wood, um, but all the other uh, metals are there. That's a really good point. I haven't actually thought of that before. So, And yeah. there's six as well. So six is, is the Babylonian number. Yes. Uh, we came across that in Daniel chapter 3. That's right. So once again, you know, he's – and it's interesting that, that Belshazzar, I looked up that name – and it means um, the the god Bel mm-hmm. will take care of the king. Hmm. You know, O Bel protect the king. That's what the word means. That's what the name means. Bel shows up. O Bel protect the king. So he's like, you know, yeah. I'm home. I'm, I'm sweet as. Yeah. No need to worry. Yeah. Bring yeah. out the drink. Little did he know. And I guess oh, we could even say something about the drink. You know, just mm. drinking in general. Like when whenever we fill our minds with a substance that takes control of our control, it's a dangerous thing. Yeah. Well, we've got to come back in just a moment. Jars of Clay, If I Stand is the song that you're going to hear right now. And then we'll be back with what happens next in Daniel chapter 5. 
song. Welcome back everyone. We're continuing our study in Daniel chapter 5 and you're listening to Looking Up with Sharissa and Danny. Well, Pastor Danny, we're up to verse 5. So since you voted, I read. I'll read. 
The Bible says, And in the same hour the fingers of a man's hand appeared and wrote opposite the lampstand on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance changed, and his thoughts troubled him, so that the joints of his hips were loosened, and his knees knocked against each other. The king cried aloud to bring in the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers, yeah, that seems to run in the family. The king spoke, saying to the wise men of Babylon, whoever reads this writing and tells me its interpretation shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around his neck, and he shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Now all the king's wise men came, but they could not read the writing or make known to the king its interpretation. Then King Belshazzar was greatly troubled. His countenance was changed, and his lords were astonished. Wow. Mm. Talk about talk about an interruption <laughs> to proceedings at the party. Yeah, this this hand appears, mm. bloodless hand mm. appears, and it writes on the wall. So this is where the saying that many have have heard and are acquainted with the writings on the wall. Yeah, you know, comes from. Yeah, you know, um, you know, yeah, the writings on the wall. This is where it comes from. This very story. So, yeah, it is very interesting that um, all of a sudden the party has come to an end abruptly, um, interrupted by this, um, you know, bloodless hand as you as you referred to it, you know, writing this message on the wall. And once again, once again, you know, the king invites his wise men. You would think that he would have learnt um, from, you know, from his grandfather's experience, King Nebuchadnezzar who also invited his wise men first before he invited Daniel. And every single time, be it Daniel 2, they obviously they didn't know what the, what the dream was that the king had, let alone its interpretation. Um, then in Daniel 4, the king tells the wise men his dream and they still cannot interpret or maybe they're afraid to. And here, there's no dream, the writing's on the wall and they still are clueless. Um, but they are... They are deadly afraid. They certainly are. And just the contrast of what were they were doing just moments before, mocking, you know, the gods and drinking from holy vessels mm. and having a drunken party. And then the next minute, bang, there's a hand writing on the wall. I guess it's, it's just a reminder to us that there are times when God draws a line in the sand mm. where too far is too far. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And this is one of those um, situations. It's interesting that it says... Uh, and someone pointed this out, and I thought this was kind of uh, humorous. It says about the king, you know, that his hips yeah. were loosened and his knees knocked, you know, against each other. And Elvis Presley became famous <laughs> for that, what, shake, rattle and roll? Yeah, yeah. But um, King Belshazzar was the first one to do the <laughs> shake, rattle and roll, if you want to look at it from that point of view. So nothing new under the sun, as Solomon said. But, yeah, you know, he was terrified and, you know, he knew, everyone knew that that this was trouble, that this spelt trouble. And so, I mean, the army, uh, Cyrus and his army, the Persian, Medo-Persian army are camped outside, um, you know, this impregnable city, but yet there is this writing on the wall. It doesn't mean that it wet, that he wet himself, does it? <laughs> 
That, that, I would think that was the minimum. Yeah. Like he, he wet himself. He was I, that terrified. He was. I would too. Would you? Oh, well, I, I don't know. I can't, say on air. I, can't, I, can't, I can't speak on your behalf. Sure but man, if that happened at my house, in my bedroom or somewhere in the house, and I was doing something I knew I shouldn't have been doing, and we're yeah, going to discover, yeah. we're going to discover as the story goes on, um, when Daniel appears, that he knew what he was doing was wrong. Yes. And so it's like I remember my kids, you know, I've got two girls, you know, two young girls, and I don't know if they'll mind me sharing this story, but that's fine. Um, I'm not sure if they listen to their dad on radio. They probably have, they're probably, well, they don't listen to me at home, let alone on radio. Come on, let's be real. Anyway, I remember them, um, you know, when they were little and our older girl, Jamie Lee, uh, she would, you know, she'd love to, you know, just have a bit of fun with her younger sister, Genevieve. And so, you know, she'd just annoy her just, to get a reaction because she'd always get a reaction. Like Genevieve was the best at giving a reaction. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you had that experience, if you know what I'm talking about, Sharissa, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shell, I'm not sure. But anyway, <laughs> and so often, often I would catch uh, Jamie Lee, you know, in the act of wanting to get a response from her younger sister just for a bit of fun. And you know what she'd do? She would like possibly say push her over or trip her or take something from her and she'd quickly turn around to see if mum or dad were looking and were watching quickly. So she knew she's doing the wrong, wrong thing. You know, I didn't need to say anything. Just by the look on her face, she knew. And so our friend Belshazzar, yeah. same deal. He knows, he knows um, when the writing is on the wall, he knows that, yeah, his conscience would have been pricked. It's such a good point because when you're walking, when you are in a relationship with God and you're living in a way that pleases him because you're living for mm. him, so you want to do anything to please him, he gives you peace. Mm. Amen. And when you're not walking with God, when you're not doing what he says to do and you know it, then guilt brings fear. That's mm. a good point. Well, um, so this happens and uh, he he does what his, his grandfather did and calls the wise man and, you know, if anyone can tell me what this means, I'll give you gifts and you'll be the third ruler in the kingdom. Why third ruler? Yeah, I thought we should comment on that. So uh, Nabonidus, his dad... He's still alive. So he's the first ruler. And Belshazzar then is the second so ruler. So he's a co-regent. So he's, okay, that's a good way of putting He's a co-regent. So whoever could help them in this situation, they would be offered third place. Mm. Even though Daniel, he's, he's, he's got a very high position at this point in time. Um, well, we're not quite sure. Certainly under Nebuchadnezzar, he was the prime minister yes. of Babylon under King Nebuchadnezzar, his grandfather. But King Nebuchadnezzar has been gone for about 23 years. It's about 23 years since he passed away at this point in the story. And it's really kind of cool that these details exist in the mm. in the script because it's just affirmation of the Bible as a historical text. Because mm. people Amen. can look and check and cross-check and like, oh yeah, the Bible knows exactly yeah. what it's talking about. This, this is showing an intimate knowledge of Babylonian history right here. That's right. Up until a few decades ago, I can't exactly remember how long I was reading it today, um, there was no... Um, mention of King Belshazzar other than in the scriptures. Is that so? Yeah, that's right. But since then, there's been about 30 or so different tablets that have been um, discovered and found by archaeologists that mention his name and that his father was Nabonidus. How do you say it again? Nabonidus. Nabonidus. Nabonidus, that's it. Thank you. Nabonidus. Um, So, yeah, so now we've got historical evidence outside of scripture um, that, yeah, Belshazzar was... Was, was was a real person. Mm-hmm. All right. Shall we keep going? Yeah, sure. Verse 10. 
The queen, because of the words of the king and his lords, came to the banquet hall. The queen spoke, saying, O king, live forever. Do not let your thoughts trouble you, nor let your countenance change. There is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy God. And in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, made him chief of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers, inasmuch as an excellent spirit, knowledge, understanding, interpreting dreams, solving riddles, and explaining enigmas were found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will give the interpretation. Mm. Now we've got another name we're going to have to keep defining the difference. So there's Belshazzar, who's the king at the time, and there's Belteshazzar, which is Daniel and his Babylonian name. That's right. That's right, yeah. So what did you, is it, What strikes you about this? Well, what strikes me is that we have a very godly, by, by, by the reading of this text, we have a very godly queen mother. Um, and uh, this, this is, of course, uh, the mother, as you rightly pointed out earlier, uh, the mother of Belshazzar, and uh, yeah, she's the daughter of King Nebuchadnezzar, and so she is reminding the king that there is a man mm-hmm. called Daniel, and it's interesting that his name means Daniel. The name Daniel means God is my judge, and oh, here God. we've got judgment. We've yes. got judgment, and so if you want to know what your judgment is, O, o King, my son, she would be saying to him, then you need to call in Daniel because, you know, God has worked through him and continues to work through him because he has the spirit of God in and him. I wonder if if Belshazzar, as he hears this from her, if he would have heard of Daniel before for sure. Oh, he knew, absolutely. So he knew what was Everybody right. in the kingdom would have known of Daniel. He knew and he didn't do. Yeah. He wasn't doing what he needed to be right. That's exactly right. And so it's interesting, maybe some of our listeners might be, um, you know, you may have caught it said here, you know, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, your father. And yet we have said that Belshazzar was the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar, yet here in a text that calls him, you know, his father. And so some of our listeners may be wondering, what's the discrepancy? Well, when it comes to when it comes to the the way the Old Testament, as well as the New Testament, uh, uses the word father. It's n- it's not always in the sense that, you know, it's my son. You know, I'm the father, that is my son, the way we understand father-son relationships. Okay. Often, often it was um, used as a term for a forefather or an ancestor. So you've got, you've got Abraham um, in the book of Genesis speaking of his son, Jacob, and yet that was his grandson. And so it just uses that, that term father, sometimes in a literal sense, sometimes um, as, a, as a forefather. We also have in the New Testament that same phrase um, being used, if I can find it here, I think it's in Luke chapter 1, verse 23. Sorry, Luke chapter 1, verse 32, where it says that David was the father of Jesus, mm-hmm. as in King David was the father ah, of Jesus. Interesting. Rather than obviously, so you know. It's yeah. another way of saying ancestor. Ancestor. Ancestor, yeah. forefather, yeah. Really good. Yeah. I'm glad you pointed so that anyway, out. So anyway, that was just something in case some of our listeners are scratching their heads thinking, wait a minute, you just said earlier on that 
Belshazzar was the grandson of King Nebuchadnezzar, yet here it says that Belshazzar's father was mm-hmm. Nebuchadnezzar. So that's a good point. And yeah. um, you know, something else we could we could look at here is that uh, she tells her she tells the king about Daniel, and it's just interesting, and it's important to note that Daniel isn't here. Mm. Like, yeah, he's not at the party. He could have been there. Like, every, there's there's a thousand people here getting drunk in verse one, you know, and all the lords and everything. But so Daniel could have been there, but he is not there. And I just think it's important for us to highlight that that when you follow Jesus as Christians, there are places that you shouldn't go mm. because you are a citizen of another kingdom. That's right. And that's what Daniel was doing. He he couldn't glorify God by participating in this kind of behavior, so he just wasn't there. That's exactly right, and um, and I think it's really important to 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 realize and understand that God communicates to us through our minds, not through our toes or our fingers. He yes. communicates to us through our minds, and alcohol um, takes away our ability to be able to discern. Uh, the voice of God. And so drunkenness is the complete opposite to having the spirit of God. Um, You know, it's interesting that, you know, we often refer to alcohol um, uh, shops or whatever you call them. Well, what do you call them? Um, Not alcohol. Liquor stores. Liquor stores. Yeah, we, you know, wine and spirits. You know, you'll see up there wine and spirits. And I'm like, yeah, uh, there is a spirit, but it's the wrong spirit that people are imbibing. So, yeah, Daniel was very much aware of that. And he made that decision in chapter one. Yep. Right at the beginning that he would not defile himself with the drink from the king. So I think in this day and age where alcohol consumption is 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 rife um, in 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 yeah, in society in a way that we haven't seen it. And I mentioned last week that, you know, we broke all the records last year in Australia for for the most uh, spent on alcohol in one year with COVID, mm-hmm. uh, $15 billion worth of alcohol. So Satan wants us to have our minds clouded so that we cannot discern the still small voice of God and we cannot understand the scriptures. And so spiritual things are spiritually discerned. So when we don't have that ability because uh, the alcohol has taken away our reasoning capacity and capability, then the, then Satan rejoices. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so so true, and and so many times we see news stories of car accidents because mm. of alcohol or abuse in homes because of alcohol. One of the saddest stories over Christmas was a family gathering. The girl brought her boyfriend to her home, and in Australia somewhere, I can't remember where it was, and there was a drunken argument, and the boyfriend stabbed the father to death. Wow! Christmas Day, all because of alcohol. Mm. So look, when you hear it, we just don't want to have anything to do with it. So. Look, there's so much we're learning. We're going to keep going. And this next song, we've got a song coming up by the Downing family called The King of Babylon. After this, we'll continue. King of Babylon, bow your knees. The writing's on the wall. Your kingdom's days are numbered and it's just about to fall. Your gods of silver, bronze and gold can't save your soul at all. Sing some praise to heaven The writing's on the wall Now once in Babylon A king upon his throne Let wine and foolish pride go to his head Then there appeared one night 
Dad wrote a note and this is what it said. King of Babylon, bag your knees, the writing's on the wall. Your kingdom's days are numbered and it's just about to fall. Your gods of silver, bronze and gold can't save your soul at all. So King, you better sing some praise to heaven. today and it's uh, that was a really appropriate song as we mm, continue amen. through Daniel chapter 5. So uh, we are, welcome back to Looking Up Everyone, we are trekking through Daniel chapter 5 and we are now up to verse 13. So I'll just do a little reading, we'll talk and we'll keep going. Then Daniel was brought in before the king. The king spoke and said to Daniel, Are you that Daniel who is one of the captives from Judah, whom my father the king brought from Judah? I have heard of you. So he did know about it. Mm, he did. That the spirit of God is in you and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. Now the wise men, the astrologers, have been brought in before me that they should read this writing and make known to me its interpretation. But they could not give the interpretation of the thing. And I have heard of you that you can give interpretations and explain enigmas. Now if you can read the writing and make known to me its interpretation, you shall be clothed with perfect and have a chain of gold around your neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Wow. Amen. So it's so clear, isn't it, from the text that King Belshazzar, um, he knew. He not only knew of Daniel, but he knew the character of Daniel. Mm -hmm. And he knew that the Spirit of God 
dwelt with him and in him. That's an amazing line. The Spirit of God is in you. Absolutely. So he would have known, he would have known that these articles from the the Jerusalem temple that he was using um, for his drunken feast, that that was inappropriate. He would have known that full well. Yes. Um, and so and so here we have someone who is basically saying, yep, you know, I'm guilty as charged. Yep. So true. And, uh, yeah, beautiful points you just brought out there. Is there anything else you want to add on that? Uh, no, I think I think that um, you know he's he's being honest here, and I guess now it's it's a matter of him um, you know awaiting awaiting the sentence. He knows he knows that uh, this is a sentence of judgment. I'm sure he knows. There's no way he would not be aware. On there's no way he would be thinking that this is something other than a judgment upon him and his kingdom because he also knows that there is a new kingdom coming. Mm. There's a new kingdom coming uh, made of silver and the next kingdom that's on his doorstep specialised in silver. Is that interesting? The, Murdo, the Medo-Persian. So he knows all this stuff oh, for sure. We need to come to that and yeah. do a little more on that. So I'll quickly read on because I'd like us to talk about that too. Verse 17, Then Daniel answered and said before the king, Let your gifts be for yourself and give your rewards to another. Yet I will read the writing to the king and make known to him in this, sorry, make known to him the interpretation. Just want to pause there and just highlight the king was offering Daniel gifts and position and all of these things, but Daniel could not be bought or sold. He, he wasn't trying to please people. He lived for the audience of one. He lived for God alone. Amen. There's a powerful quote um, that's right on that point from one of my favorite authors, um, inspired author Ellen White. And in the book Education, she writes these words that are in harmony with, um, with what we've just read and what you've just commented on. She says, the greatest want of the world is the want of men, and you can include women, men and women, who will not be bought or sold. Men and women who in their innermost souls are true and honest. Men and women who do not fear to call sin by its right name. Men and women whose conscience is as true to duty as the needle to the pole. Men and women who will stand for the right though the heavens fall. That mm. has Daniel's DNA all over that. I love that. That's powerful. powerful that quote. is powerful. Um, so he goes on in verse 18. O King, the Most High God gave Nebuchadnezzar your father a kingdom and majesty, glory and honor. And because of the majesty that he gave him, all peoples, nations and languages trembled and feared before him. Whomever he wished, he executed. Whomever he wished, he kept alive. Whomever he wished, he set up and whomever he wished, he put down. But when his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened in pride, he was deposed of his kingly throne and they took his glory from him. Then he was driven from the sons of men. His heart was made like the beasts and his dwelling was with the wild donkeys. They fed him with grass like oxen and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till he knew that the most high God rules in the kingdom of men and appoints over it whomever he chooses. But you, his son, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, although you knew mm. all this. Oh, wow. That's huge. It is. He knew all this. And he chose not to humble his heart. And, um, you know, the old saying, pride comes before a fall. Uh, this was to be the fruitage of, of his actions and his, his defiance of God. And you know what? Uh, we talked about it earlier on. 
and and why I'm concerned about our society and the direction that it's heading in and the reason why Jesus is coming soon is because we are kicking God out and his morals, his values, his principles. of We're, we're kicking God out more and more every day. So we're telling God to take a hike. We don't need you. We don't want you. We're happy to run our program according to our own GPS. We do not need you. Your laws um, just are irrelevant for us in the 21st century. And yeah. so God's so, stepping and, back and, and letting us back. do it. <laughs> God steps back and we reap the consequences. And that's exactly what we find here. Mm, so true. And I guess there's there's a, the flip side of this is also true. The good news is that if you do what you know to be right, then God will bless you. Amen. If you don't do what you know to be right, God can't bless you. And it's interesting. No one is going to be lost at the end of time because of what they did not know. Ah, Let me repeat that. No one, nobody will be lost at the end of time because of what they did not know. That's powerful. Those who are lost will be lost because they chose not to do that which they did know. Mm. In other words, and it's interesting, if you read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, we won't go there. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, I think, verses 9 to 11, verses 9 to 12 there, it says that those who were deceived, at the end of time, those who are lost, it says uh, they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. So the truth was there, but they did not receive it. They did not choose to receive that. And in Romans chapter 1, the Bible says, Paul writes, he says, God has to give them up. He has to give them up to immorality and idolatry and ultimately he has to give them up to the enemy. God doesn't want to give us up to Satan because mm-hmm. Satan wants to steal, kill and destroy. But God has no other choice. If we willfully go towards the enemy, God can't force us into his kingdom. He has to let us go like a parent. Like a parent, when their child comes of age, they can no longer um, you know, have their child um, abide by their rules under their roof because they're like, I'm out of here. I'm 18 and I no longer need to abide by your rules. I've got my life and I can live my life how I want to. You cannot tell me what to do, mum and dad. Mm-hmm. And they go and they sadly often will reap the rewards of those actions. And then parents just, you know, I've talked to many parents who have wept and wept and wept. At the, at the tragic consequences of their children um, choosing to walk away. Mm. And so that's what God experiences all the time. Yeah, I guess so the appeal for our listeners is if there is something that God has shown you and if you've seen in his word what the right way, the mm. way that you should go, then walk in it. Yeah. Do it. And Don't, it's the way of peace, yeah. the way of joy, the, the way, way of, of happiness. Yeah, the abundant life. There's no better way than God's way. Exactly right. Um, that's the appeal to us today. That's powerful, yeah. So we continue. And you have lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven. They have brought the vessels of his house mm. before you. And you and your lords, your wives, your concubines have drunk wine from them. And you have praised the gods of silver and gold, bronze and iron, wood and stone, which do not see or hear or know. And the God who holds your breath in his hand and owns all your ways, you have not glorified then the fingers of the hand that were sent from him and this writing was written and this is the inscription that was written. All right, I'm going to use my own pronunciation here. Here we go. Mini, mini, tikel, you fasten. Perfect, perfect. Okay. 
So interesting there. I like how God says he holds your breath in his hand. Well, he holds all our breath. That's right. He's our creator. He's our sustainer. That's a powerful phrase, isn't it? It's just a powerful reminder. It is. All right, shall I read the interpretation? Mm. So verse 26 of Daniel chapter 5, this is the interpretation of each word, meaning God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. Tikal, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Perez, your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Verse 29, then Belshazzar gave the command and they clothed Daniel with purple and put a chain of gold around his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. Wow. But verse 30 says that very night Belshazzar, king of the Chaldeans, was slain and Darius the Mede received the kingdom, being about 62 years old. The final night. Yeah. Of Babylon and the final night of King Belshazzar. Mm. Um, you know, this this so much reminds me of the story of the Titanic. <laughs> the story of the Titanic on her maiden journey. Um, you know, this ship that not even God himself could sink. And that's what Babylon considered itself, you know, a, a city that not even God himself could, could destroy, that was fortified, you know, in, in such an incredible way. And yet, you know, the Titanic received warnings after warnings after warnings, icebergs ahead, including the final warning about 45 minutes or so before it hit that iceberg. And um, uh, the the individual on the Titanic manning the the telegram, um, the whatever you call it, I can't exactly remember now, you know, the the, the code thing that they communicated with uh, with the other ships basically told, um, I think it was the, the California ship that had stopped for the evening because there were icebergs ahead it was about an hour and a half away from the titanic uh the the individual there on the titanic told him you know shut up shut up they're the actual words um that that came through when they did the investigation um i'm busy i'm busy um with um sending telegrams hmm. sending telegrams to a place called cape race which was uh, a station uh, nearby that was receiving these telegrams from the rich and famous being sent to, you know, New York, London, wherever. And he was busy sending telegrams of personal messages from the who's who on the Titanic whilst this message of warning was being sent to him and the ship and he told them to shut up, you know, and that was the end. That was the last warning, the last message. And I wonder, you know, um, are we living in a world we are telling God you know, the same message, we are, we are sharing the same thing with him. So true. Well, you know, um, this is all interesting. This is all happening. The writing's on the wall. But this was something that had been foretold in mm. prophecy. Maybe we could talk a little bit about this in the time that remains sure. here. Um, what do we know about this event? I mean, we know in the image in Daniel chapter 2, after the head of gold came a kingdom represented by the chest and arms of silver. But we know a little bit more than that too. So We do because that was the, the Medo-Persian Empire and we have Cyrus the Great who was the one um, who conquered Babylon. And he is mentioned by God through his prophet Isaiah 150 years before he's born. Mm. 150 years before wow. uh, before Cyrus is born. And I had the opportunity of being in, in Iran in 2019 and uh, going to his tomb, huh. the Cyrus tomb there in um, yeah, Iran with, with 
Shell's husband, I think. Was Lyle there with us? I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah, Lyle was with us. So he was on that tour that we went to Iran. And we were there and I couldn't help but uh, think of this prophecy. And it's there in um, uh, Isaiah chapter 44 and uh, the last verse where it says, in verse 28, who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd and he shall perform all my pleasures, saying to Jerusalem, you shall be built and to the temple your foundation shall be laid. And so here the Bible describes um, that Cyrus would be the one that would conquer uh, Babylon and he would be the one responsible for releasing the children of Israel, sorry, the children of Judah from Babylon after their 70-year captivity. He'd be the one responsible of releasing them to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the city, to rebuild the temple and so on and so forth. Hmm. It's fascinating. And chapter 45, yeah, it speaks of that as well. It's amazing. And to think that God even named Cyrus. Yeah. By name. 150 years before he was born. Before he was born. We can trust Bible prophecy. And Jesus said, when you see all these things come to pass, that's John 14, 29, um, that you may believe. You know, I have told you before it comes to pass so that when it does, that you may believe and that this may give us confidence in the scriptures and Jesus and all that he has said. Amen. I really enjoyed this. And we've still got another segment to come after the news break and a few other things. But I guess the the point that I'd just like to finish on in this point is just is just here. This was, as you said, the last night of Babylon, the last night of Belshazzar. And, you know, a last day comes in every life. And the question for each one of us is, what will you mm. do about it? What, what will your last day be? Will you be being obedient to God, living in his peace, or will you be fighting fear and guilt? Uh, we'll leave you now, and we'll be back in just a few moments as we make an incredible connection to the book of Revelation. Amen. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. This is Lyle. And this is Minnie. And you can join us every weekday morning for The Breakfast Show. Every morning we cover news that matters and study the Bible together. We also have heaps of great music and giveaways. So come and have a positively different morning with us. Every weekday from 7 to 9 on Faith FM. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. It's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then.
beautiful song from Marion there, um, Be Thou My Vision. I actually know her a little bit personally, so beautiful. You know her too. The producer knows her too. She's a lovely lady and married to a wonderful preacher too. So look, we're here in our last segment today. We're, we're studying the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 5. Welcome back to our listeners. We finished the whole chapter. But there's something that's important for us to do at this point, I think, in our study, and that is observe a link, a direct link Mm. to the book of Revelation. So, Pastor Danny, tell us about it. All right. Well, there's a lot to share in in Revelation regarding Babylon. We have uh, two cities in Babylon. We have Jerusalem, which is a symbol for God's people, God's city, God's kingdom. And then we have another city that the dragon, Satan, he rules and reigns over, and that is the city of Babylon, and that's in the, the book of Revelation. Now, we, we know that at the end of time, Babylon in Revelation and Jerusalem in Revelation is not speaking of the literal city uh, because um, the literal city of Babylon today is is really, you know, nowhere to be found. It's ruins there in the, city, in the country of Iraq. And Jerusalem is very much divided, um, and the, the the city of Jerusalem is not what it was once upon a time. Certainly, um, back in the days of the Old Testament or even New Testament. So here we have in the Book of Revelation, because the Book of Revelation and Book of Daniel they go together like hand. like a hand in the glove, hand in hand. Absolutely, they are twins. And so the book of Revelation uh, gives us uh, some insights as to as to what will be taking place at the end of time using the imagery and using some of the stories from uh, the book of Daniel. And we read earlier in the story there in Daniel chapter 5 that there was a drunken party uh, that King Belshazzar held. And so they were drunk and there was the writing on the wall and Babylon was overthrown that very night by kings by Cyrus the Great. And so the Medes and the Persians took over. Now it's interesting, if we take a look at the three angels' messages, uh, we're going to be looking at that continually because that's God's final message of love to the world that prepares the world for the second coming of Jesus. Um, the second angel's message is very interesting, the language that mm. is used there. So if you want to read Revelation 14 verse 8. Yes, the Bible says, and the second angel followed saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she has made all nations drink of the Am I reading the right thing? I'm actually saying it from memory right now. Of the the wrath of her fornication. That is correct. I was following (laughs) it and you were correct. So so this is at the end of time. These three angels' messages, as I pointed out, are God's final message of love to the world. It's spoken of as the everlasting gospel that needs to go to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people in Revelation 14.6. And so God says he gives the invitation the first angel's message, in a nutshell, is where God gives an invitation to accept his truth. And the second angel's message is God exposing Satan's lies or the deceptions of Satan, and he describes them as, as Babylon. And so here we, have, here we have this wine of Babylon that is being shared with all the nations. Okay, so it's not physical wine. That God is speaking of, because Revelation is is a book of symbols, and so the symbols mean you know certain realities, and so the wine here is teachings, um, teachings, uh, philosophies, uh, principles of life, and so forth, and so at the end of time, there's going to be a lot of confusion. 
And so Babylon also, we got to, we got to remember, sure, so that Babylon represents, the city of Babylon back in ancient times represented confusion. The, the name gets its origins from the Tower of Babel where God confused the languages. That's in, um, that's right. that's in um, Genesis 11. Mm-hmm. And so we have um, confusion. We also have pride mm-hmm. at the very heart of Babel and Babylon, which we've talked about with King Nebuchadnezzar and King Belshazzar. Um, we also have opposition to God. We have persecuting God's people. Apostasy. Apostasy. We have the mingling of the true and the false. Yes. With Belshazzar, we've got the, you know, we've got the holy vessels and the unholy wine being put in these holy vessels and, you know, being drunk in honor of the gods of the Babylonians. So we have the mixing of the holy and the unholy. So you have all these components coming together at the end of time. Mm. Interesting. So Babylon, Babylon is far reaching at the end of time. It in fact it, it captures the entire world, according to verse eight. Now, if you want to read um, God's uh, message of love, a final message of warning to those who are in Babylon, and that is those who, um, unlike Daniel, uh, are just in a place where they ought not to be. And God is trying to save them. He's trying to call them out, just like God was trying to save Nebuchadnezzar, and he did, just like God was trying to save his grandson, Belshazzar, but he refused. God here has a final appeal. Like Noah had an appeal in his day, God has an appeal. If you want to read um, Revelation 18, and you want to read from verses 1 to verse 4. Sure. So the Bible says, And after these things I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through her, through the abundance of her luxury. Verse 4, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins and lest you receive of her plagues. Wow. So here, here in a nutshell, we have, we have uh, God's final message of love. So there, there is another angel that comes down from heaven, and this is... This has often been seen as the fourth angel. So we have the three angels in Revelation uh, chapter 14, and we have a fourth angel that adds um, one final appeal, Mm. one final appeal, and the Bible says the whole world is illuminated with his glory. So angels don't have any glory in and of themselves. So this is God's glory, and God's glory is his character, Mm -hmm. as we have looked at in the past. So we have God... uh, sharing the everlasting gospel, the character of God, the love of God, um, and inviting the world, the entire world, to receive the everlasting gospel, saying that the alternative is to remain in Babylon, to remain on the on the Titanic, mm-hmm. you know, so to speak, which is going down, which is sinking. There's an iceberg ahead for this world, and the only hope that we have is to is to go to Jesus and to accept the gospel because yeah the plagues that we read of at the end of verse four um, that Revelation uh, sixteen speaks of they are the seven last plagues that will come upon those that remain in Babylon and they also are the ones that receive the mark of the beast. Mm. 
Interesting. And couldn't, I can't help but notice like the contrast between chapter four and chapter five of the book of Daniel. Like mm. in chapter four, Nebuchadnezzar, um, you know, time of judgment comes even for him, but he responds to God's um, appeal to him and he humbles himself and, and acknowledges there is a God in heaven. Belshazzar, on the other hand, when his time of judgment comes, he doesn't do that and he unfortunately meets his end at that, that point. But it's kind of like in this great controversy, each of us has a choice of how we can respond to God's last appeal. Uh, will we humble ourselves and come to Jesus? Will we follow him or will we live in pride away from him, doing what we think is best, following men's opinions instead of following God? Um, this is all coming to the fore in the three angels message also. Yeah, it is, Sharissa, you're right. And, uh, you know, God God has given us these instructions. God has given us the book. And, um, you know, we've shared this in the past uh, when we looked at the book of Revelation and we'll be going back there. In the very first, um, you know, few verses, the very first three verses, there's a blessing to those who will read, hear, and keep the words mm-hmm. that are written mm-hmm. in the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. For God says, for, you know, for for the time is at hand or, or you know, it's very near. And then at the end of the book, once again, you have God making an, another appeal and he invites us to to study the book of Revelation. In fact, if you want to read Revelation 22, um, verse 6. Sure. Then he said to me, these words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. So the two bookends... Um, of revelation are God saying, take note, I've given you this message because I love you. Mm. You know, um, you know why, why do, uh, you know, politicians and the weather bureau people and so on, what do they get on to the news before there's a, a cyclone up north or, or there's some flood alert or bushfire alert? Why do they get on the news and on the radio and they give these weather alerts? Mm-hmm. For the simple reason, in order to protect people's lives, right. um, property, if property has to be lost, so be it. I mean, you can always replace property, but you can't replace, you know, people once they're gone. And so in the same way, God gives us warning because he knows what is coming mm-hmm. down the road. And so God sees the end from the beginning and he knows how the enemy works He's a deceiver and he's the great deceiver. He is a liar and the father of lies, as as Jesus referred to him. And so God wants to save us Amen. from the hand of the enemy. And yes. that is why he, he gives us these messages of love. And he says, you need to get out of Babylon. You need to get out of Babylon. And maybe maybe in a future um, yeah, program, we can unpack a lot more regarding Babylon because it's a, it's a big study in and of itself. So I'm sure it is. Actually, just on that note there, as we're just in Revelation 18, thinking about this fourth angel and how the earth is illuminated with his glory. I just have him. I've written a note in my Bible here. And I heard it just recently in a presentation, but it says in the battle between light and darkness, light always wins. Mm. So even though the world's getting darker, and even though times are tough, and even though Babylon's fall is getting, it's worse. It's, it's really fallen, fallen. Um, God's truth doesn't fall. God's kingdom remains strong, and and God 
his message, it's one of hope and it's yeah. so attractive. Yeah. And Babylon, um, as, as you continue to read, you know, chapter 18, 19, it comes to an end, it divides, it comes to an end, even though, you know, all the merchants, all the political, economic leaders, religious leaders, everyone's on board this train. It all comes to a no avail. It is destroyed. It comes to nothing. It will be no more. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible says in Revelation 18 and even in a short space, like in one hour, which mm. is symbolic of in a very short space of time. Um, but the one city that does remain is the New Jerusalem. And that's in chapter 21 and chapter 22. So we have the New Jerusalem. There's no Babylon anywhere to be found. But the New Jerusalem in chapter 21 and 22 is where God's people that have clung to him, that have put their faith and trust in him, will live forevermore and this world, this world will be created anew and this world will be the place, the center of the universe where God and his people will reign in the new Jerusalem. Amen. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this Bible study with us, friends, because it's been a blessing to me today. I've learned some new things and I always do every time I look at God's word. And as I'm thinking about what we can take home from this, there's so many different points that we've talked about and I'm sure there's different things that stood out to each one of us. But I just like to remind us that Belshazzar, he knew what was right, but he didn't do it. And so because when you know what is right and you don't do it, there's no blessing in that. Mm. But if you do what you know to be right, if you do the right thing, God will bless you. And God has a special blessing for all of us if we will put him first and and follow him. So it's been a great delight. And at this point, I'm really excited to announce our next song because Johnny Cash has a song called Belshazzar. I know my dad loved this when I was growing up. So I think we're going to find this to be right on topic and it will be enjoyable. Amen.
Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that song. It brought back a lot of memories. Uh, my dad liked playing that one to us when we were growing up. So, yes. Well, we've just got some final remarks and things we need to do to wrap up today's Looking Up show. And the first of those things that we should do is make people aware of the free offer. Absolutely, Sharissa. Each week, and this week is no different, we have a free uh, book that we give out, or sometimes it's a it's a CD or a DVD, but this time it's a book, and uh, it's for the first person to call in. Will receive the book, and it's Prophets and Kings. It's a mm. wonderful commentary on the Old Testament that specifically looks at the time of the prophets and the kings. So you'll really be blessed. So the first person to call one eight hundred three two four eight four three or o four nine one o six four double six nine will be the person that will take that away. It's a fantastic book, so you will want to get your hands on it. Amen. Now, the next thing we need to remind people is that uh, we're going to go to a live show after this in South Australia, I believe. What do you call that show? Drive. Drive time. Drive time show. So you want to hang around for that if you haven't already planned to. And um, maybe Pastor Danny, is there anything else you'd like to add at this point? What what are we going to do next week? Well, next week we are going to journey through Daniel chapter 6. And that's the... We're halfway. (laughs) We're halfway through the 12 chapters of Daniel. And that's an exciting chapter that once again will lay um, some very strong and important foundations for, for the prophecies that we're going to be considering in the following week which we will be looking at the mark of the beast and the Mm. seal of God. So I know we've been promoting this for a little while, but um, so not next week, but the week after, but it's important to tune into next week because that will give you um, very important pieces um, in the foundation that are extremely important that will help you better understand the key issues at the end of time in connection with the mark of the beast and the seal of God. That's so true. And I think as we reach this halfway point, you know, it's interesting to note that the first six chapters of the book of Daniel have to do with stories. That's right. And uh, those stories, you know, highlight character qualities that that are so important for us as we are looking up and waiting for the return of Jesus. Amen. So, yeah, you won't want to miss that. Invite your friends and plan to tune in. And also we need to say a prayer for our listeners as well. Absolutely. I'd love to pray for them. Father in heaven, we just want to thank you so much for all those that have been able to join us this afternoon or those that may be joining us um, at a later time. Father, we pray that you will bless each one and their families. And Father, I pray that you will, through your Holy Spirit, as you placed your Holy Spirit in Daniel and as as it was abundantly evident to all that, he was a man filled with the Spirit of God. So too, Father, that you will place your Holy Spirit within us so that when people look at us, um, when they hear us, when they watch us um, as we go about our everyday activities, that they will be able to say there is the Spirit of God in that that man, in that woman, in that boy or in that girl. And Father, we want to be used by you for your honour and glory and um, to prepare people who are ready for the soon return of Jesus. So bless each person and use us, Lord, in these final closing moments of earth's history is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Uh, It's been just such a joy to have you joining us again. And uh, we look forward to having you back again next time on this show. Amen. And uh, I hope people feel encouraged as they are listening and studying along with us because the Bible is so encouraging and such an important book to to study at this time. It's the best book. It is the best book and uh, it's God's book. (laughs) More time in the Holy Word, less time with Hollywood and you will be on the right track. Oh, I like that. 
How about uh, more time in this book and less on Facebook? Oh, that's even better. (laughs) (laughs) We're running out of uh, one-liners now. But, yeah, look, as we do close out, we want to remind you all that fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith looks up. So wherever you are, keep looking up to Jesus. He's coming soon. God bless you all, and we will look forward to having you again next week. God bless. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up When there's pain deep in your heart Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up Should the tears begin to start With a prayer all your cares he will cast into the depths of the sea His love is always there for